Hello, America. This is the Bored Dads Podcast. I am your five-time co-host, Sean Oborn. And I'm your five-time special guest, Andrew Oborn. I think, is this our fifth episode? No. I made that up. This is our third episode. Third episode. Third-time special guest. Third-time special guest and co-host. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are going to be talking about the smash hit card game all the kids are playing nowadays called Mag Blast. That's all sarcasm, by the way. Sorry. This game we're talking about actually is Mag Blast, the second edition specifically. There are a total of three editions of this game. The only one that I really play, the only one that I care about is the second edition. If you have any purists out there that like the third edition or the first edition, sorry. But this game actually is a favorite of ours. It gets pretty regular play in our game nights, I think. It's a good warm-up game. So what we'll often do is, you know, if we get to the game night at somebody's house, we're kind of just snacking, chatting, whatever. If, you know, we're waiting for one or two guys to show up, sometimes we'll have Mag Blast there and be like, hey, let's play a quick game of Mag Blast while we're waiting for, you know, so-and-so to show up or whatever. So, And the way that we play a quick game generally lasts about, oh, 40 minutes to an hour. We go slow. Yeah, it ends up, I mean, we're not playing, you know, Twilight Imperium per se, or are we? Because it's Mag Blast. It is Mag Blast. And, and just in case you didn't get that reference, the game Mag Blast and the artwork along with it, actually takes place within the Twilight Imperium universe. Well, for, for, for the first and second editions only it does, the, yes. of this game. Yes. So, yeah, like, like I said, this version came out in, in 2002. I think the original came out in, I think, like, 98 or something. But, yes, like Andrew said, so the, the bases of this game are you can technically play with up to 10 players. The box, I think, only says 8, but there are, when you, when you start the game, it's all card-based. There there's nothing else but cards to play with. But basically, there are ten different factions, factions, races, alien races, whatever you want to call them, and they're all races from the Twilight Imperium universe, like we said. So you have like the Nalu, the Yasarl tribes, the Sardok Nor, the Jolnar, the Mentak Coalition, Soul, and the list goes on. The list goes on, and each one, e- each race has their own like specific ability that only that race has that kind of gives you a certain bonus during the game. You know, like steal two cards in somebody's hand twice a game or something like that there's no bad ones really but the the way that each card looks is it'll have a picture artwork drawing of the race that you're playing it has the life of your mothership which in this case is eight life which is a standard for all motherships yes or fla- flagships as they're called flagships, in the game yeah they're all they're all eight life and then the card itself has four colors on each side of the on, on each edge of the card i should say so there's Yellow on the top, red on bottom, green on one side, blue on the other side. On the right and left. Yes, um, and the the way that works is, is when you get your when you when you decide when you pick your mothership, you pick it randomly, you place it down in front of you, and that's who you're playing. And then you are assigned four cards from a separate deck. That's your ship deck, your draw ship deck, and those are also assigned to you randomly. And when you get those, you flip them over and place them physically. You place them face up physically face I'm, I'm sorry you place them face up down on the actual table around physically around your mothership there we go and so you'll have one in the yellow sector one in the red sector one in the green one in the blue like we just talked about and that is you basically your fleet a la ender's game um that is protecting your mothership and then you are you are drawn you you, you are given i think it's is so you're it, dealt five cards to your hand which provide you with different actions upgrades and other sundries right and that hand is drawn from a third deck of cards and that's basically the extent of the game is three cards three decks of cards that have those things 
So your hand basically gives you abilities like those are your laser blasts to shoot your enemies. There's um, in the second edition, there's ship upgrades. There's there's things to heal your ships and so forth. Space Dock One. They've gone They've to plaid. Gone to plaid. Still don't get that joke. I don't get it. Anyway, so basically that is the game, and then you start. And it's, it's essentially last man standing, and when you when you have a card in your hand. Um, each ship in your fleet can shoot different kinds of lasers, different size lasers. And so if you have that particular laser in your hand, then you can say, okay, you know, yellow is shooting yellow Andrew. So my yellow sector ship is shooting his yellow sector ship. Now the key to this game... That's a big mistake, actually, for you to shoot my yellow flank. I'm just going to throw that out right now. Okay. Well, I've beaten you before, so... Let the record show. Let the record show. Anyway, so... The, the, in, in the rule book, when you shoot or, or, or take a shot at somebody in this game, you have to make a shooting sound when you do it. Otherwise, the shot automatically misses. It's in the rule book. It's in the rule book, and it's really fun to play with new players because they don't remember that rule because it's not a normal rule that you'd expect in a game just to make a, you know, a noise or a zoom yeah. or whatever. And whenever we play, we, we always are nice and say, oh, hey, you're supposed to do something else. We give them a couple of reminders. Yeah, and uh, and they have a good time with it. But that's, I think, where, where the most fun in this game comes from, is making fun of other people's shooting noises. Yeah, or getting creative with your own. Yeah. when you, oh, I know we played with uh, my, my wife, and she makes horrible, wonderful shooting noises, just in case she's listening, which she Hi, is. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. <laughs> anyway, the shooting noises she makes are just a lot of fun because they're... Uh, Not shooting noises. Yeah. Um, Moving anyway, on. Yeah. Anyway, so it, it is a it is a fun aspect of the game, um, and that that's basically it. It's last man standing wins, and that's pretty much it. The first edition was was fairly basic. I haven't played it, but from what I've read, it's essentially you know there's there's a couple flagships you choose, last man standing. The second edition kind of kind of upped the ante a little bit. They added a couple more races to the mix, and then you could now have like ship upgrades so you could have like a long range cannon that allows you to shoot more than one sector or you could have a boarding party which allows you to if you get a successful shot on another flat on another um ship in the fleet you can basically take over that ship and add it to your fleet and so on so honestly second edition is my favorite that i've seen and or played i found it in a used bookstore actually in denton texas of all places um, shout out to local shout out yeah little little d Will do. But the third edition is the one that Andrew has. That's the one that he was first introduced to. And it's Well, hold on now. Sorry. I was actually first introduced to the second edition. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, many, many years ago. Great game. I enjoyed it. Uh, like Sean was saying, he found this news bookstore. I took a picture. It texted to me. And I said, buy this now. Or I'll buy it. Or I'll buy it. If you don't. And he bought it. And here we are. And uh, like he said, I have the third edition. The third edition, they, they simplified it. Made it more uh, kid-oriented and friendly with the artwork. The aliens. Well, they they took it out of the Imper- uh, the Twilight Imperium universe, so it's no longer in that universe. And the artwork they use for the third edition, which is the current edition, which I believe is still in print, I think the third I think edition. So. Um, but the artwork for third edition is basically think Munchkin like in space. Munchkins in space, basically. It's kind of that kind of artwork, just a little bit more kitty ish, cartoony. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of it, but some people love Munchkin, so not knocking it. Just saying it's different. I think it did upset some of the uh, old school like nerd. Fans of the game. Types. Types. Nerd types. Nerd types. Nerdular nerdance types. So, but that's basically Magblast. Um, like I said, classic game. It's it, 
that comes in a small, a fairly small box with basically three decks of cards and the rule book, and that's it. There's nothing else in it. I mean, there is an insert because it's made by Fantasy Flight, so they do uh, their best with inserts. This insert is actually this pretty, is actually pretty, pretty commendable. So yeah, fairly, one. fairly, fairly functional. So, but yeah, that's Magblast Second Edition. So, uh, bro, final thoughts on it? Uh, honestly, I like it because it's so easy to pick up. I've played this game with my kids who are, I mean, they're all boys, but they range in age from one to nine. And now. the one-year-old is unbelievably good at this yeah, game. Yeah, he's a prodigy. Um, so he does this thing where he just eats the cards. and Whilst not, shooting at the same time. I think it's whilst. Anyway, so no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't play with him. But for my, my older three, the three, six, and nine-year-olds, I play with them many times, and they actually can pick it up pretty quickly. They do enjoy the shooting noise aspect of it. Um, there's a little bit of reading involved, so for the younger ones, you may have to help them. But it definitely is a, a, a good game for the kids. They enjoy it. It's a good game for the kids, and it's a good it's a good uh, icebreaker for people who might be new to the hobby. It's a good icebreaker because you're 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 trying to strategize and you're trying to fight everybody, but you have to make those shooting noises and you get goofy with them. And so it's I think it's a good icebreaker and a good kind of gateway game, you know, for some folks because uh, it is like Sean said, fairly simple to pick up. Really easy to play, and if you're really aggressive, it can play out in 20 minutes pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, if you're pretty aggressive, you can you can end it pretty quick. So, gateway game. Every time I think of that, I always think of like a gateway drug. So this is your marijuana of games right here. So Well, in some states, that's legal. <laughs> and Canada, apparently, in I Canada. heard recently. Um, our, anyway, fr- so, our friendly neighbors to the north. Yes, yes. So, anyways, that's Magma Second Edition. That's pretty much our thoughts on it. What are your, you any final thoughts for you, bro? Uh, yeah, um, I would say... Third edition is still a good game. It is fun. It's same much, same mechanics, really. I mean, it is the shooting noises there. The the same basic principles all apply. I'd I'd pick it up if you see the second edition. Definitely pick it up. First edition, I'd even go for that, uh, simply because of, I mean the first cool. edition is coming up on twenty years old here. Yeah, it's probably worth some money. Yeah, uh, but uh, but I'd definitely pick it up if you see it. Third edition, like I said, that's the one I have. Still a great game. Easy, fun, good to play. And all around, a uh, great little easy card game. Yeah. And I do like the fact that you can play up to 10 people. So, I mean, if you have a table big enough, you can play with quite a few people. So That would take some time, though. That might be pushing you True. 45 minutes. But no game. no game group too big or small. Because you, you can play from 2 to 2. Unless you're the 11th player. Unless you're the 11th player, in which case. 11th wheel, though. Yikes. On that school bus. Yikes. But anyway, so that's Mag Blast. All right, so... We finished with one card game, Mag Blast. We're going to talk about a game that is, I would say, infinitely more complex, but still a card game. Still a card game and a lot more newer. Newer. It's newer. That's Yes, that's also true. This is a game, this game that, that we're about to talk about is called Twilight of the Gods. And this one is, again, totally card-based game. I don't think it's necessarily a collectible card game, but it definitely is a, think Magic the Gathering. We'll talk about that in a second. This is a game that, that uh, I backed on Kickstarter. I think Andrew backed it by accident on Kickstarter. I did. I backed it by accident. I, did. I backed a lot of projects at that point in my Kickstarter career. And I backed it. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. And then I promptly forgot. How does that happen? It's like, I accidentally threw money, waited 30 days, and then got something in the mail for it. How does that, how does that happen? Hey, I'm sure it happens to old people all the time. Yeah, but you're not old. I'm old at heart. Ageism. Ageism. Anyway. Any hoozle. So... So this, this game, game, this game comes circa 2017 for those uh, unaware. Yes. Carry so on. yeah, brand new, and actually they just finished their second Kickstarter, 
for an expansion of this game, but this we're talking about the original one, so just the Twilight of the Gods. The premise for this game is it's... I bet, I bet we should probably interject here and just say that it's printed by Victory Point Games. It is made by Victory Point Games. Shout out. So the, the premise for this particular game is that it is... I guess the world that it's set in is it's set in a... a our, our own world, I guess, but it's at a time where mythology and faith in the the gods of the old world are dying and so basically what's happening is is all these gods and deities from different uh cultures are basically fighting for the last vestiges of faith believers and power in this world of theirs that's collapsing around them hence the twilight of the gods title and so in this particular case um what you do is there's four different colors or factions that are red, and the, the that's represented by the god Mars, the Roman god Mars, the god of war. And then there's also blue, which I believe is negotiation, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Which is represented by the Greek goddess Hera. There is sanctuary, which is represented by, I believe it's the Mesopotamian god Enlil. And that's brown. Brown. And then there's green, my personal favorite. And that one is mysticism. And that is represented by the goddess, she calls herself the Reader of Portents. I believe she is a Druidic, uh, Druidic goddess of, Druidism. like, no, I was going to say um, about, like, um, ancient Ireland and Scotland and the, yeah, that area. So, uh, but basically the way this works is, is you, it's, it, it is a, it is a deck building game. So the, the game is, is similar to Magic the Gathering. So if you're a fan of Magic the Gathering, you, you may like this game as well. That's kind of what drew me to it, because I'm, I'm an old Magic player. I used to play Magic all the time when I was in like middle school and stuff, and so it's kind of a natural progression into this game. Uh, a lot of similarities, but so you know, in Magic, you have your, you know, you have, you have the white, black, red, colorless artifact. So similar in this, each one has its own pros and cons, I guess, and you can kind of mix and match the colors if you want. But basically, the way it works is, is in order for you to summon. A, an enchantment or what they call a um, a creature or an army. Right, exactly. Just like in Magic, you have to use your mana, which is kind of how you get your power to summon that creature or that ability or that spell. In this game, it's kind of the same exact thing, so they call it power, and they have three separate powers. There's lesser, greater, and exalted. And those are all, and, and each card is basically dual-sided. So on the back, it has a symbol of the power of that card, lesser, greater, or exalted. On the other side is what that card is, whether it's a, a creature or like a, an enchantment or whatever the case may be. And so when you draw a card from your life, you have you know, each turn, each you draw one card on your turn, and then you have the ability to trade the card you drew or any card in your hand with the person you're playing against. And the, the, bene- the, the reason you do that is because you can't get any power in your power stack to summon creatures or summon guys unless you trade with the guy you're playing with yeah so it's a trade-off now sean was mentioning that the cards are double-sided they're also dual purposed beyond just that like he was mentioning i have to be i have to give something up and give it to him in order to get a resource now if i give him that card he can't go and use that card against me it counts as a resource for him as well uh, but it only counts as a resource. It only counts you can't as a resource. Anything else. So yeah. So basically, just to kind of give you an example. So I, it's my turn. I draw a card from my life stack, and then I can basically enter the trade phase with Andrew if I'm playing against him, and say, "Hey, I'll trade you 
two lesser powers for one of your exalted powers. And he has the choice on whether to accept that or not. If he accepts it, then we trade it. I don't. We don't look at each other's cards, and we literally put them face down, so that just the power side is up, in our, I think it's called our power stack, in front of us. And then what you can do is you can then take one power from that stack, your resource, uh, your, your, what they call your aspect stack, I guess. You can take one, one card and put it down to use that power to summon a creature. So the, the weaker creatures might only take one lesser aspect or one lesser power to summon. The stronger guys might take two exalted powers. Two exalted and two graders right. already coming in. And so you can't summon them, just like Mana for Magic, you can't summon them unless you have those out in your resource area to use. And just like magic, you tap the card when you're using it. So every turn, you're trading resources back and forth as you know, if you want to. You're not required to. And when you accumulate enough resources, you can put them out and basically use them to put out creatures, enchantments, and so on. And it's, it's again, very, very similar to magic, but there are some, some differences. One difference is that like Andrew said, each card is dual-sided, so each one can function as your your power, the resource, the resource, or the, the 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 face side, which is the creature or the enchantment or the right. ability, or whatever. Right. But also at the bottom of each card, you have what's called your heresy cost or your heresy effect. So there are certain cards that Andrew might play while he's playing me, where it says, I think the term is called manifesting. It's to manifest. So, yeah, it'll yeah. say manifest one lesser aspect card or one lesser power card so what that means is is i would flip over that card that he told me to flip over and there may be some negative or positive effect to that card that i have to do and so um and, and, and i yeah so so in, in in the whole trading part of the game i mean you're this game is a, a mix between hand hand management and deck building right because i'm trying to remember the cards i give him so that he, I, he can plant a trap in there that he can spring later if he's keeping if I'm if I'm if I'm keeping me. good tabs on it, like you said, I I can I can use that heresy effect on the cards, and make him manifest cards in a certain way where he loses cards right. off of his deck yeah. or he loses this or creatures are tapped or this uh, destroy something's destroyed, and in the process I could also be benefited. There's cards where it says you know the manifesting player. So if I tell him that I'm 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 manifesting it. I gain control of that creature. He loses that resource, and I gain control of it. Or uh, there's a myriad of things it could do, but it's it's just pretty interesting because it's it's basically like it's almost like you plant a time bomb that you can kind of set off when you want if you're paying attention you know, to what you gave him. So, but that that's I mean I'm not going to get too much into the weeds with playing it, but it's a really fun game. It's fairly complex, but it's fairly easy to pick up. But I think it's one of those games where it takes a long time to master. You can't play it once and say, okay, I can I can play this and I can beat anybody. You're going to have to play it a handful of times because every t- we've played this, what, four or five times now? Mm-hmm. And every time we play, there's something new like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that could happen. That's really cool. Yeah. The other thing that's pretty awesome is that, so this game was at, at BGG Con, was it 2017? 2017. Yeah, shout out. Andrew and I went and I actually brought my copy of this game because I knew Victory Point Games was going to be there. And actually, the, the designer slash creator of this game, Chris Clue, shout out Chris, was there. Holler, Chris. And I actually, I actually played him this again. I played against him in this game. He beat me, but it wasn't. It was not as. It wasn't as, as much of a shutout as you would think. We got you, pretty close. You could say that he punted you. But dude, he was a he was an NFL punter. 
for the uh, Vikings, I believe. Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, yeah. So, and he, he actually told me, because I asked him, you know, I told him that Andrew and I have talked about designing board games and stuff. And so I asked him while I was playing, I was like, hey, you know, I'm sure you get this question all the time, but where did like the crux or the first kernel of, of the idea for this game, where did it come from? And he told me that it basically stemmed from, he basically grew up just like me. He grew up playing Magic the Gathering, loved Magic the Gathering. And so he said that when, as a punter in the NFL, he would go to practice just like everybody else. But a lot of his practices were just basically sitting on the bench waiting for his turn to practice kicking or running or whatever. And so there was a lot of just kind of sitting around getting paid to just kind of sit there and think, basically. And so he said that while he's sitting there in a bunch of practices for the NFL, he was thinking about Magic the Gathering and thinking about ways to improve on Magic the Gathering or to make it a little bit better, a little bit more complex, a little bit more interesting, I guess. And that's kind of how this game got its roots was was from that. I think he and his, his other friend, whose also name is Chris, I believe, they actually developed this game over several years, and they've been playtesting it for a long time, and so then they finally kickstarted it, and that's the game that we have now. Definitely very well thought out, definitely something that, that they have tournaments for, and it's definitely one of those games where, like Andrew said, it's, it, it doesn't get boring for me because it's just it's so unique, and there's so many different things that can happen each time, especially with the de- deck building aspect of it. Now, uh, like I said earlier, they just finished a second Kickstarter for, I think it would be called an expansion, I guess, to the game. So it's, it's basically whole new decks, cards, new gods you can pick from. I think there's even new factions, isn't there? You know, I'm not sure. I, that's one actually I didn't follow. Okay. So yeah, I, I actually I did back that one. The cool thing about you Kickstarterers out there... The Kickstarties. The Kickstarteries out there is that when, when you back... A, if, you haven't, if you haven't done so already... When you back a card game on Kickstarter, the turnaround time is usually pretty quick. It's like six months, like from Kickstarter to having it in your hands. So that's that's I would say it's a pretty cool thing with this game is when I backed it, it's like one of the first games I ever got. You know, after I backed all these Kickstarters, and so I could start playing it. He right caught away. the Kickstarter bug. I caught the Kickstarter bug. So um, definitely, definitely an awesome game. I would recommend it. I don't get to play it as often as I'd like. But if you're a fan of Magic the Gathering, or if you're a fan of Magblast, or if you're a fan of just kind of cards, I guess cards only game, because there's no, no nothing else involved in this, there's no board, it's just cards. Well, there's a few little chit tokens here, but that, that's meant to track life counters. and a few other counters. Yeah, yeah there's, there's very, very limited that, but 99% cards. Yeah, so if you're a fan of those kind of card games, I would definitely recommend picking this up, checking your FLGS, you know, just seeing if they have a copy that you can try out. Yeah, or you can hit it if you're playing games straight up. Now, one thing I also did like, Sean did mention the four uh, deities at the outset. They have a lot more deities included in this from all kinds of different uh, cultures all over the world at all different times. And I thought that was really cool. And they even, uh, for the Kickstarter backers, they even came out with the whole Lovecraft uh, portion. Yeah, they have the Elder Gods one. So you could basically have, like, instead of having, like, Hera or whatever, you have Azathoth or... Dagon or Cthulhu. And... Cthulhu versus Ares. I'd pay to see that match. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, but they that was one thing that I also, when I talked to Chris Clue about, is they, they liked to draw from all, I wouldn't say just religions, but it's mostly mythology, but I think some of it is religion, because I think they have like some like Hindu gods and stuff like that. But each, each one has their own unique ability that's kind of tied to that faction so the negotiation one is a lot more about negotiation intrigue the mysticism is a lot more about magic the aggression one which is mars the red color that was a lot more like attack and all out war all out offense you know so you can kind of mold it to your style or like i said you can build a deck 
and just kind of make it your own and just have it be different every time. So it, it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, overall, it's a good game. Like I said, very complex, but uh, but I would say that's not not complex enough to be scared of it. Yeah, not not too complex where you were after you're done playing. Okay, what the heck did I just do? How did we do that? Or too complex where you just really can't figure it out. It's like I said, it's pretty quick to pick up right away, but it's just one of those ones. That's, like I said, easy easy to learn, hard to master. Yeah, Victory Point Games for Twilight of the Gods, and then Fantasy Flight for Magblast Second Edition. Both great games. Recommend both of them. And um, that about does it, I think. They have the Board Dad's vote of stamp of, seal of approval. Seal it's of approval. It's very coveted, very sought after, and uh, yeah, companies are lining up to get that seal. Yes. Also, this may be the only card game episode we do. We'll see. Yeah. We have a lot of other board games. We have a lot of aces up our sleeves, pun intended. Boom. But yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. If you guys have any games you'd recommend that are similar to these two, hit us up on any of the social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. It's on the BGGs. On BGG, yeah, at Board Dads. Um, so let us know if you guys have any kind of, you know, for Magblast, if you have kind of unique house rules you'd like to employ, or if you have like a a really cool like deck that you've built for Twilight, Twilight of the Gods that you want to share with us, let us know. Uh, check we, it out. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on behalf of the Bored Dads, I just hope that y'all stay bored. <laughs>